0: Welcome to The Boilerplate, a go-to-market podcast by Inferno. We are a full-service advertising, public relations, digital marketing, and design firm based in Memphis, Tennessee. We're going to be discussing the ins and outs of solving the toughest go-to-market challenges using branding, public relations, social media, digital strategies, traditional marketing, and just plain all common sense when it comes to go-to-market.
1: So Beth, what'd you do yesterday?
0: Yesterday was a great day. It was very busy, but very productive. And in addition to work, I ran first thing in the morning, which I love to do. I always feel way more productive when I get the chance to do that and actually had a chance to run with my great friend Megan Nichols, who's associate editor at the Memphis Business Journal.
1: Oh yeah, you guys have a really good relationship, right? Just kind of at work and outside of it. We
0: do. You know, and a large portion of our job in public relations is working with the media. While our role as PR professionals has certainly expanded and changed over the years, especially over the last 10 years, media relations is still a huge part of our day-to-day life, and thankfully so. It's that earned media aspect, the authentic third-party credibility that really helps to establish and build the public's and consumers' trust.
1: Yeah, and you can't earn that media if you don't have any contact with the media. So in today's episode, we're going to be focusing on that. We have some really great guests for you guys, so sit back and enjoy the boilerplate. Today we're here with Megan Nichols and Greg Akers with the Memphis Business Journal. Megan is the associate editor and Greg is editor-in-chief and we just had them here today to talk to us about media relations and PR and how uh, PR professionals or businesses can interact with uh, journalists to make sure their story gets told in the right way. Yeah. So Megan,
2: Greg, can you guys just tell us a little bit about ourselves? I don't know, Greg, do you want to start? Sure. Um... Well, first, we're so happy to be here and um, have been looking forward to this for a long time. Uh, I'm the editor of Memphis Business Journal. I've um, been editor for three and a half years uh, with the journal for over four years and was... Uh, film editor of the Memphis Flyer before that, and editor of Inside Memphis Business Magazine uh, as well. Uh, so have been, I guess, working with uh, PR folks, you know, within a publication for since two thousand six or seven. So, so a good while now. Awesome.
3: Yeah. So I have been uh, with the Journal for almost four years. Started as a reporter, worked my way up to lead reporter, and just recently I'm transitioning into the role of associate editor, Um, but I primarily cover a lot of our special publications and like how can we make our events kind of better from a content perspective and a lot of our investigative pieces. Um, But I have to say that Inferno was one of the first companies that reached out to me Uh, when I started working at the Business
0: Journal, so I have to give you guys some credit for that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate it.
0: Yes, thank you very much. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about the Memphis Business Journal and what sets the MBJ apart from other daily print and the growing number of digital publications uh, or outlets here in Memphis.
2: So um, MBJ was founded in 1979, so we'll celebrate 40 years next year. Uh, Which you know, the same year is 200 years of Memphis, so we're a fifth age of Memphis, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, But um, you know, we we were founded by um, a couple business people who wanted um, you know a a place where you know they could read about what was happening specifically in the you know in the business community. um, You know that they felt you know there were stories that weren't being um, dealt with in the daily papers at the time. So uh, they started up. It was part of a wave of this kind of thing across the country, um, and uh, so we're you know we we're a niche publication in that we only cover business topics. So we don't do politics and we don't do crime, which we are thankful for every day. <laughs> um, you know, we're we're online daily. I mean we we do you know eight to ten f- fresh original stories written in Memphis every day, um, and then we have a weekly print edition uh, which comes out on Fridays Um, so we think of ourselves as a daily and you know just in terms of how responsive we try to be to what's happening in town Um, but we we're particularly focused on you know getting information that our readers can use to you know uh, improve their business um, know what part of town is is booming or not booming um, to improve their careers, you know, to grow in their careers, to simplify their professional life, so it's you know it's B two B with a side of B two C, um, and you know that side kind of being things that people want to know that like about um, if they're entertaining clients, you know where to go. You know, the, so there's a lot of restaurant retail coverage that you know seems more you know consumer oriented, but we we always have a, a business perspective
1: on it. Very good. Is it mostly local business or do you guys do kind of more national coverage too? So
2: we are we're hyper local. We we our coverage area is pretty big in that we you know, we, we're West Tennessee, North Mississippi, East Arkansas. Um, and so we'll we'll do Dyersburg stuff in Jackson, Tennessee and Oxford. But we're we will never write anything that doesn't impact our market in some way. So we will certainly localized national stories like um you know right now trade issues are big so we've written plenty about um the companies here that deal with china you know who do commerce with china but we and we are a a, you know a subsidiary of this company called american cities business journals and they're based out of charlotte um they bought mbj in 1997 and so there's 43 markets um so we and you know the the closest ones there's one in nashville one in birmingham one in st louis so we can freely get their content when it's relevant to our readers we don't grab stuff just because it's has a kardashian in the headline (laughs) or something but if you know a kardashian is doing something in nashville that uh, might be relevant you know that our you know memphians would want to know about we, we might grab that mm-hmm. uh, but um, so yeah you know we we always everything passes through the lens of what do memphians want to read we, we you know there, there's plenty of other there's plenty of publications out there to read what's happening nationally
0: and you do a great job of serving your readers as well and trying to find out what they want to read and when and how they like to absorb their content whether that's through the morning or afternoon edition, Um, the news alerts I know are extremely helpful for us, Um, news alerts, breaking alerts, and things like that. So um, the email and digital communication is crucial. Yeah, I mean, that's a big
3: part of what we do also is that interaction with our readers and getting that feedback of what do you want to read about, what topics can we help educate the community on. So that interaction is something that is think kind of separates us a little bit
1: mm-hmm. how do you guys do that do you do like online surveys or how how do you reach them
3: yeah there are some surveys that we do but a lot of it's source building i mean it's getting out in the community and it's talking to people i think that's the way you really learn about the business community and kind of can have a pulse on it mm-hmm. so i think that you know one-on-one face-to-face is really a strength of ours
0: and the more events that you have the easier it is to exactly. uh, be in front of the your target market
2: yeah we um you know we have you know more than at least one event a month um you know so we're in front of hundreds of people and it's usually around a certain topic healthcare or construction or or small business or anything um so we are you know we, we like to think we're very responsive to what the readers are thinking about what we're producing and and you know and of course you know what is actually happening in the city. We, we want to, yeah, and
3: we genuinely gather. want feedback on mm-hmm. stuff that we're doing. So, so I mean, I've talked to Beth before, right after events. What did you think? I know there were some issues. What could we work on? I mean, we legitimately always are trying to improve both our events and our online and print product.
1: It's yep. great. So you and you guys were talking a little bit about some of the types of content that you do. Um, just you know what you're producing. Can you talk to me a little bit about the mediums that you guys? I know you do print, you do digital. Kind of what's that balance, and how's that changed over the last 10 years or so?
2: Um, in the last 10 years, it has changed, um, you know, 180 degrees or I don't know, 360, I don't know, a lot. Um, and so we definitely think of ourselves as a daily paper producing content all the time, you know, constantly. So, you know, as soon as we hear something, we're going to write it up, and we're going to hit publish as soon as we can you know with not not with the mindset of we have to beat our competition in the market but with the mindset of this is something that we want to get to our readers as soon as we can because they could they might be mulling a decision already that this could impact or this might open some opportunity that we don't even know about you know we we don't our readers both individually and cumulatively are smarter than us and So, we get feedback from them about what is useful to them, um, that they don't have time to go gather that information. We do a lot of public records diving. Um, We're just trying to give the best information to our readers so that they can do something for their company or career with that info. Um, So, you know, we do a lot of, um, you know, of course, stories every day. We do tons of events. So, the biggest change is really with with the kind of interplay between our website and our print that has changed the most, um, even just since I've been there. Um, so we have fresh content in every paper from, you know, in terms of what the kind of tent pole stories are, we have a cover story every week and that's always going to be, you know, original fresh, um, for that week. We have certainly found that there are just, you know, probably all of us in this room consume, so much information digitally there are a lot of people who they consume it in print there I mean we we just know there are a lot of readers who they won't they won't read a story until it's in print so you know we are always really mindful of making sure we give them the best information we have from the week uh, on our reporter pages um, or in our um, you know kind of the news at the front of the paper um, the news holes that we have Um, all of our list information is which like is as important as anything and haven't even mentioned it yet but you know we do lists every week industry um, specific really deep um, look into who the companies are in town how many they employ who the executives are um, all that stuff which before I started working at MBJ, the book of lists was a bible that was on my desk and I reference it constantly, and it's, you know, more so now, I guess. But um, it, it's, it's the best thing. It, it's so great. Um, so I, I think a lot of people use us, they just look at, you know, they're looking at lists, and so that's not... That's not narrative storytelling, but there are stories within those lists. You can look at any list and see, this company added 10 people in the last year, since last year's list. I mean, there's, there's a story there. You know, they're growing.
0: They've expanded their facility. They're opening a new location. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah.
2: It It's endlessly fascinating, and our readers just eat it up.
1: Well, and I want to get into how businesses can interact with you guys and do that in just a minute. But can you guys speak to the benefit of why why go through the media and why you know with MG MBJ especially why should a business reach out to you guys to try to tell whatever story they're trying to tell?
3: Well, I think it is because we have that hyper local focus for one and we're also I mean we're we're kind of business experts you know we try to focus on very specific industries so we want people to come to us in those industries uh, and trust us to be able to tell those stories. I mean, that's a lot of the conversations I have with companies when I'm first starting those relationships, As I go out to them and I say, I want us to be able to work together to tell the good stories, and I want you to trust me to be able to tell the stories that might not be so good. Mm-hmm. So I think that is why they come to us a lot. It's that trust that we've been able to build over the years.
2: We're certainly, we're pro-business, but that often means being honest about bad stuff that's happening, or you know, if there are layoffs, or, you know, there's just, you know, companies growing or not growing, that is information that business people can use. Um, So it isn't, it isn't a, you know, the message isn't controlled by, you know, whoever it is. um, But it's, you know, if we're not reliable and credible, then we're nothing. So we, everything, you know, we do everything to be credible always. And get it right which is
1: i mean honestly great for businesses because one of the things that we've talked about before is how much authenticity is important for a business and reaching and communicating with people you want people to be able to believe what you're saying so the fact that you guys have kind of this third party integrity and that you're not going to be spinning things you'll you'll take on the story but you're going to do your own investigation of it Mm -hmm. and report it factually um i think is really helpful for businesses because your readers can count on whatever they read in the mbj
2: to to be accurate yeah that's certainly what we're what
0: we're striving for. So. Uh, going back to the topic about how things have changed, uh, new employment data from the U.S. Department of Labor states that PR professionals now outnumber journalists six to one. Don't so, that, make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> so that means that the smaller audience that we as PR professionals reach, meaning you, the media is being overwhelmed with pitches, and that could seemingly decrease the chance of cutting through all the noise that is cluttering your inbox or your voicemail. And unfortunately, because many pitches aren't customized to a specific writer or that don't have that exclusive hook or a personal touch in their pitch, um, you're likely rejecting the number that, um, that you're receiving on a daily or weekly basis. That doesn't mean it's impossible to break through, but that means that we, as PR folks, need to spend more time doing our homework, and that starts with crafting a solid pitch. Mm-hmm. So, on that note, how much of your content comes from being pitched by PR professionals or, um, you know, or I guess pitches that you've received from um, PR people? And since there are six of us to every one of you, how do you select a pitch from that volume, and mm-hmm. what, what really stands out to you? I
3: don't know if I could quantify it with a number. It's definitely a mix. Greg might have some percent he can throw out. but um, Six to one. Yeah. But I do think the stories or the pitches that I am interested in, like you said, are the ones that they know what they're talking about. They're tailored to me. It's not a mass press release that just went out to everybody. So I think it's really important for PR people to remember that it's kind of a supply and demand kind of thing. So if I know that this press release went out to everybody, you know, my audience can see it anywhere, well, then I don't really want to write it because it's so easily available. It's already been written. It's already Mm -hmm. been written. Um, So I know something that we've talked about a lot is give me a call send me an email just with a few paragraphs on what the pitch would be. Don't waste your time writing a press release that I am then going to say, pass, um, when we could have just had a quick conversation and maybe talk about what that story could look like. So I think that interaction between the PR firms is very important because the mass press release that's what gets lost
0: or what the unique angle might be for the mbj versus you know a a daily print publication or whatever that may be
3: right knowing that the memphis business journal wants to focus on businesses expanding we like our numbers we like employment kind of things Um, and just some featurey piece you know we're not probably going to write that if it doesn't have some of those components so knowing
2: the paper you're pitching
3: to i think is crucial Mm
2: -hmm.
0: knowing
3: the paper and the person yes
2: yeah you know but my brain has gotten accustomed to, because like you said, we get a huge volume of, of releases or emails every day and we look at all of them. I mean, we do. Because we're always, because we always know like each one of them could have something right in there and and we want to see it. We don't want to miss anything. But, you know, my brain is maybe rightly or wrongly, but my brain can, can look at the kind of introduction and the first graph just in the most my eyes are kind of a little bit crossed but I can just see the words and I instantly know if it's was sent to me or sent to you know every everyone in town or everyone in an industry or something like that and as soon as I see a keyword that you like even just if it if it starts with dear greg or hi greg or something like even i know that there are programs that do that but that's like that's a good first step and then
0: (laughs) there's that personal (laughs) touch
2: and then if i see the word memphis or i see you know uh yeah I'm, i'm looking for keywords that tell me this is thoughtful in some way if i don't see them like it may it may happen in seven tenths of a second but if I don't see something really quickly I'll move on but as soon as I see something then I'm gonna keep looking for more and more and I always feel like like I mean I have I have no clue how difficult it is to be in PR um, I, I sense that it is extremely difficult um, and so there's so much that goes into it that I that I never see but I always feel like that, because to me, the, it seems like the PR step where, where they're reaching out to a journalist is like this kind of culmination of some process that happened before then. For me, everyone in journalism may vary, but for me, like it, does, it won't take much for me to really look at it. And, and it, it does have to do, like Megan said, with um, being aware of who I am and what we cover and um, you know, in some way say, hey, I'm reaching out to you you know i see you do you see me um, right. and <laughs> yeah. and i do as soon as i see that i'm like i'll i'll read it and try to cuz i want because i want to reward that in a way i want to try to dig in and see if there's a, an angle there for us and we
3: and always want to you know we're looking at it from what benefit does this serve our reader mm-hmm. so again if we know that everybody got the same press release Well, our readers are paying a subscription for our content, and we want to make sure we're adding to whatever this pitch is or it's unique to us. So that's another thing. We have to make sure that this is something different than that's already out there. We have to advance this story or tell it for the first time.
0: And going back to the list, one of the great things about the MBJ is your calendar is almost set for the year or at least we know what the special editions are we know what the lists that are coming out we know when those are coming out so we can Back up our pitch calendar, if you will, and say, okay, you've got the list of top 100 private companies coming out. I know so and so is going to be on that list. Here's a unique story about this one specific company. That's only going to go to the Memphis Business Journal because this could possibly or potentially coincide with this list. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we've tried to take from a unique angle standpoint. You guys have been really
3: good about doing that and paying attention to the list, which I mean, that helps us because we're usually looking for stories for our upcoming
0: lists. So being aware of that, you know, months in advance is huge. And taking that burden off of your team, you know, especially going back to that six to one ratio, that's something that we need to be especially mindful of and just try to do our best to help you because that ultimately helps us and, of course, our clients. So,
1: and I think, Greg, a minute ago, you said that by the time we get to see you guys, it's kind of this culmination of a process, and I think that's how a lot of PR professionals and just businesses see that is I've worked really hard to generate this content, and I've crafted it, and now I'm just going to send it out in the world. But really that process should really have an extra step in between there of how can I build this relationship, how can I personalize it, and how can I make this pitch more geared towards the place where I'm going and not just... Here's my story but here's my story and here's why you should tell it.
2: Right, right. You know the you know we we have we run press releases on our site, you know, we use a press release service um, and they're great like, you know, I look I look through those. Um, but it, you know, th- to me that's a different animal than we have this story at, you know, the story we think would be compelling for you, you know, can we tell you about it or here here's what here's some basics. If it's, like, fully written, you know, like Megan said, like, you know, well, th- I was going to do that. You yeah, know? <laughs> right, <laughs> right.
3: It can be good background sometimes, but yeah. still, I mean, um, I also don't think it should be the culmination of whatever you're mm-hmm. working on. We need to be brought into that process sooner. So that everyone's time is not wasted, yeah,
0: and you can help craft that story together and you say, "Well, well
3: what you're pitching might not be exactly, but have you thought about, you know, this angle is really what we're interested in?"
0: And we can go down that road specifically with MBJ. You
2: know, the I just thought of this, but so maybe this isn't a great analogy, but <laughs> it makes me think of, you know, a lot of crimes are, um, you know, like someone broke into your car, they they win your car because you left the doors unlocked, or, you know, you, you didn't close your garage door and so they stole something. you know, people do things that are just easy, you know, for all, everyone wants their job to be easier, that, as easy as possible. So if you can, no journalist will turn down a really good story that's easy and just, here you go. And so, you know, you're talking about like with parent, you know, personalizing it with a list. If I, whenever I see, you know, hey, you have a you have the banking list coming up on this date. You know, two months from now or six weeks from now. I have this story about my client, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like that is the easiest. That's great. Like, you know, that's like, you know, tears of joy. <laughs> um, because because you know we want to do. It's just here here it is. And you know, if it's not interesting, then the answer will be no. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's it's another step down the process to getting to it. Yes.
0: And so you have, especially you, Megan, you've got PR professionals that you work with on a daily basis, and they can often serve as your go-to resource when it comes to specific industries or specific businesses. Thinking along those lines, what is the best way for a PR professional who maybe is not from Memphis or maybe is just getting their start in PR to start building that relationship with you or with anyone in the media? I would say first get familiar with whatever publication
3: you're interested in building that relationship with. Um, And then do what you did, Beth. I mean, I think I was a couple weeks into my job, we were having coffee. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we didn't talk that much about business. It was just talking about the new career in Memphis and all that kind of stuff. So I think start with that one-on-one communication because just getting some cold call from a PR person pitching you something, that might not work unless it's an amazing story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the inviting you out to the office, having coffee, meeting the team is really the best way to start.
0: And that's something that we try to do on a quarterly basis is, you know, kind of have the editorial team come in and we give you a rundown of mm-hmm. here's what's happening with the agency. Here's what's happening with our clients. Here right. are some new clients. Mm-hmm. And just kind of go through different industries and who is covering what beat right. and just updating each yeah. other on both sides of the table. And then I
3: have your client list. And then if I'm working on a story and I say, oh, I need an expert in X, Y, and Z industry, I know to call Inferno who can connect me to this person. So that's another huge benefit to those types of meetings. We yeah, greatly so
0: appreciate that.
3: It's
1: yes. called media relations, right? It's not called media notification. Right. You're not just sending an update. <laughs> yes. So yeah, building one. that relationship that's is really you. Yeah. <laughs> a good one. So you know it, with that once they have that relationship and when they're approaching you guys for a story can you guys give just our listeners really simple what makes a good pitch what exactly are you looking for what's an email comes in and you look at it
2: and you're like that's the one
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know certainly um you know industry specific um you know paired with so you know our reporters have beat so to the you know to the extent that you know who the commercial real estate reporter is, and then you send it to that person. Um, you know, just some those personal touches um, makes a difference. I think also, you know, showing like why the breeders would want to know about this, um, because you know, we we know your client would want this. You know that that is implied, um, but why does it need to go that next step to? telling that story in a way that is going to be useful to our readers Um, and of course every publication is going to be different Um, and so a general interest publication you know their readers expect something different just being aware um, of what the readers want and and thinking of that end goal the whole time.
3: And if you really want to get our attention, then assure us that it's an exclusive. Yes. Um, that's usually my first question mm-hmm. when I get a press release. Who else has this gone out to? Yep. And that might be where the conversation ends if the answer is everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, a good way to get a journalist's attention.
2: You know, the the six to one figure, like a lot of the six are former ones. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're constantly triaging stories so we're getting a lot of pitches every day and even even if they were all great we couldn't do them all um so we're trying to in in the lens we're passing that through is what do our readers want to know the most that's what we're that's the most urgent and so not wasting our time by all means waste our time with pitches but like if you can say not only to have a story this should be this is this is a better one than maybe other things you're thinking about because we have so many we're mm-hmm. thinking about. Um, so that can move you up the list really quickly. Exclusivity is big because, you know, because we're not a paper record, we don't feel we have to cover everything um, at all. So if it's out there in the universe, we're probably not going to do it um, just because we don't have time. We, we can do mm-hmm. things that we are going to be the only ones who have it or and same thing with embargoes, like we are highly respectful of embargoes and, and you know, we're not going to break that. Even if other people are going to get this press release, we get it and we can publish it the moment that we can. That's
3: Working ahead on those types of stories is one of, I think, the things we're really good at. And it's one of my favorite ways to work on a story is, and again, it goes back to that trust piece Because they know, okay, I can send this to Megan several days in advance. We can work on it, make sure she has everything she needs so it's ready to go when that embargo is lifted. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a really big piece of it. I'll also say that PR people that act more like you need to do this for us, that is not going to work. Because you do get those calls where they're like, oh, here's something on a Tuesday. We know you go to print tomorrow, but here's this, and we need this in print. And like, no, no. We don't need this do no, our don't need today. To. <laughs> but Thank you get you. that kind of stuff. So yeah. understanding that that is not the way to interact.
0: And going back to the embargo situation, if we were to send you a press release, or not that we would because we know you don't like those, <laughs> but... If we have a press release, say, for a specific launch or, you know, some type of announcement and we say we've drafted this, but here are the two things that you need to know, but also you're getting the exclusive on that before the before it goes out to anyone else. Mm -hmm. And so kind of making sure that, you know, that that gives you the True exclusive, right. and also we can point out here are the two things that you really need to know about this announcement, so that you can cover those things, and then whichever other publication that this press release goes to can cover the full story or whatever mm-hmm. you know, soft news that.
2: And I think you know, along those lines, the you know making an executive available for a fresh quote is huge mm-hmm. because because the press release is going to go out with with the quotes in it, and we always. If, we, if possible, we don't want to say, you know, so-and-so said this, you know, in the statement or, or something like that. We want something fresh. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: If you could list five tips for PR professionals working with or pitching to the media or building relationships with you as journalists, what would those be? Can we come up with these together, Greg?
2: <laughs> sure. Yeah, you go first.
0: I would say
3: that one-on-one, like I talked about, that one-on-one interaction. I don't want you just to be some name to me that I don't know who you are. So I think that's first, is building that relationship, reaching out, having that cup of coffee.
2: Yeah, um, I'll make this point too, but it elaborates on that. (laughs) Um, You know, when we're dealing with sources, we, um, if this is a long-term relationship we want with someone, um, we don't go in guns blazing like... Hey, I know this happened. Give it to me now. Um, you, you may not want to even talk about this, but you don't have a choice. Like we do we we're really we're trying to build relationships, and so that mindset is really great because it you know if the first communication is I just want to get to know I just want you to know that I exist and here are my clients. One, let me know if you need anything, and you know two, like just I'm friendly. You know, that's amazing because you're not starting off with an.
0: Let me do something for you versus you do something for me.
3: Right? No, definitely. And I think um, once you've established that relationship and you know the client list and that kind of thing, if a PR firm or person that works in PR can give you access, can help give you access to those people that maybe you're struggling with, I mean, that goes a long way with us too, um, being able, able to kind of leverage the resources that you guys have. So I think that's big. I think... That's a huge thing if you're able to do that for a journalist.
2: Mm I often think of what are, I really like non-traditional pitches, you know, so things that aren't, you know, our client is launching this new service. Like those, you know, have that level of value. But if it's, you know, um, we have this executive who's new to town, they have this interesting backstory, how they got to Memphis. Um, Or, um, you know, we've, you know, our company has been, doing this thing for a long time but you know they've this new trend is happening trend stories are really great um and we we don't really get many trend pitches we often get you know more new service new product right um this
3: just happened kind
2: of yeah so you know anything that can say um we've noticed in our industry this and um and we have someone who's experiencing that and can talk about it and it's impacting everyone in that industry in memphis that's that's a Right one, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, non-traditional in that it, it's thinking outside the box. Like I have this client; they do all kinds of stuff. They have so many employees. What are things that are interesting about them beyond the no, the new thing they're doing?
3: Mm-hmm. I guess that's four, right? Number five. <laughs> we're not good at math. We? Yeah, we're <laughs> journalists. <laughs> math is words, not, not numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think a huge thing is don't be too pushy. Mm-hmm. Nothing will turn us off quicker to a story than a PR person that is forcing a story onto you almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a huge one. And if you have those types of relationships that we keep talking about, then that's not going to happen. Just pitch you ever a run. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah, so or just go running together. <laughs>
1: Well, so that's that's a great thing to not do. Are there any other pet peeves that you guys have? Like, I hate it when a PR professional does this.
2: You know, for sure, um, not being mindful of the limits we have ethically as journalists. You know, we we can't let you see the story before you publish it. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, we hear that all the time. Can yeah. we just proof this? Right. No. That's not how <laughs> journalism works. Not how it <laughs> works.
2: Like, run an ad, of course you can. Yeah. Or an advertorial, whatever. But, like, if this is a story, you know, there's that expectation that, you know, this is. This is us consuming everything, all this information that we've gotten, and producing a story. And so, um, you know, yes, we can. Um, if there's some quotes, you know, that you need to fact check or just fact check, you know, absolutely, you know, because we, we want it to be accurate. But um,
0: and you do that all the time, right? As far as you know, quotes. Okay, my saying is this: is this exactly yes. how this was interpreted? Did I yes. interpret this We're properly? So happy to let people, you know, kind of look at a
3: quote or. You know, we do fact-check stuff, so, like, if I have a question on something, I might send you a list of bulleted Mm -hmm. points. If these were all mentioned in our interview, I need to confirm these.
0: Yeah. So, that back and forth is important. Mm -hmm. That goes back to being a true resource Mm -hmm. for, you know, whatever the story might be.
2: Right, right. Um, You know, we can't take bribes, unfortunately, and things like that, but... um, you, know, <laughs> you do have some muffins on the table, though. <laughs> um, but, you know, j- just being mindful of the ways we're limited. And, you know, and even thinking of it from a reporter, they, you know, there's a production schedule. There's, like, they might not be able to guarantee it's going to be in the, this week's paper because mm-hmm. there's a lot of moving pieces to production. So just kind of being, not pushing, not pressuring someone to promise something that they actually can't deliver. Mm-hmm. I've seen that plenty of times. And they can kind of understand all those limits by building that relationship with you guys like we've been talking about.
3: Right. And then that's an easy conversation we can have, you know, and and you will understand it then if you have that relationship. That's right.
2: And, And, you know, also, like, well, I know they said this or we gave you this, but could you not run that? like that's like I understand from you know from a PR perspective like you're trying to make things look the best you can for your client mm-hmm. um and the most you know self-actualizing or whatever but you know again you know if we have it and they said it and it's accurate unless it's not accurate but if it's accurate like if it's newsworthy like you know we are sorry we you know right. we might feel bad about it but we're going to run it yeah you know, we get lots newsworthy. of
3: those you know like the occasional call where it's someone saying you know i'm sorry i have to ask you this almost but my client doesn't like this headline right. or something like that and then your next question is is there anything wrong with the headline is it not factually correct well no my client just doesn't like the way it sounds you know that kind of thing and we understand that you have to make those asks sometimes and we're happy to listen to them yeah but and, and we've changed yeah and there before. are times when we're like you know what you're right we can mm-hmm. tweak that um but you know there have been plenty of times too where you have to say sorry like it's gonna stand
0: goes back to the trust and the authenticity and the third-party credibility that earned media really truly is well Megan and Greg thank you so much for being here we so appreciate your time and your insight this was this was wonderful and very insightful
1: yeah I think our listeners are really going to take a lot away today from what you guys said about just kind of building relationships with the media and
3: Crafting the Perfect Pitch. Right, yeah. And you guys certainly do get it from the work that we've done together, so we appreciate that. Yes. We appreciate you.
1: Thank you guys so much for coming out today. Thank you.
0: Look for our latest video on Creating the Perfect Pitch on podcast.creativeinferno.com. We'll also have a link to the Memphis Business Journal website and contact information for Megan and Greg. Don't forget to send us questions or suggestions at podcast.creativeinferno.com. We can't wait to hear from you.